You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's like when you go to a genie and wish for something and then they give you like, they give it to you, but in a very messed up way. I think I caused the pandemic by asking (laughs) for years for precisely 56 games and I got it. So congrats to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the independently owned and operated Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan. We've been away for a bit. Everyone needs an off season, and we did too. But if hockey has the balls to come back, well, we're not going to stop them, apparently, and we're going to join in whatever this is about to be. Um, I am joined by the beautiful, the innovative, trend-setting, one of the best writers in the world, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how oh, are thank you doing? You. I thought you were talking about Shayna. So oh, no. Go either That's way. All you. That's all you. I am doing as well as a person who was scrolling through Twitter at three in the morning last night and saw a terrorist accuse the Canes, uh, the team that I cover, of firing him. And then the Canes said they don't know who he is. So <laughs> just another day in life, I guess, two of my world, hockey and ever growing fascism in America have collided. Sounds like a great day for you. <laughs> Loving that. <laughs> and of course, we have the creative, the entrepreneurial, the ever loving life and making us laugh and smile while being smart as all get out. Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. All right. As friends, tradition. <laughs> as is tradition. As is tradition. Hashtag. Also, for the first time, my friends, we have a podcast episode title before we even start. Sarah, do you remember what it is? Well, I would, yes, but I would prefer you to enlighten us on the events that unfolded shit. last night, other than aforementioned. Should we start Affer- it with the shit list a little early? Yeah, let's we, start that. Should that's we dive good. right in? Let's, let's dive right into that shit list. So um, we're going to do things a little differently this episode. We know people are, are dealing with a ton of life content and hockey content. So we're just going to have some fun. We're going to go around the room with the shit list. So um, perhaps you heard (laughs) Mike Milbury is no longer employed. Don't know if you heard that. Just a little hot tip. Um, The man was set. Can you remind me though? Who, who said, who, you know, who helped get everyone on their, uh, on his, on his trail and really called him on his shit. Come on. That was me. With with and um, um, what makes me the most mad is it's the worst gif of my freaking I knew, career. I knew, I knew that's what you were gonna say when you were like like what makes me mad. I'm like I know this because you did. <laughs> I knew that okay. it was in awful announcing again the other day, and I was like, damn it. Um, but yeah, so Mike Milbury said stupid shit, um, and he was sent home from the bubble. But as is the case with entitled men, um, we didn't know if he was ever gonna come back to broadcasting hockey as hockey returned, and it was confirmed is yesterday. I don't know. Time is a flat circle. Who's to say, but it was confirmed this week that he is not coming back to TV. So as the internet works, um, my tweet was resurrected. It made the rounds again. And around 10 o'clock last night, I got a diatribe bitch out from some random YouTuber, um, who was fervently defending Barstool and Milbury in her timeline. I've never crossed paths with this woman. We don't 
interact. We don't follow each other. I don't know. Um, lecturing me on how terrible I am. Um, and she gave us the title of this episode. I'm terrified of having a son and friends. That's all because of me. I'm so proud. Really Sarah, Shana, your thoughts, Sarah, go ahead. What are your thoughts on this whole development? Well, there are too many men and <laughs> I already didn't want a son. I mean, you know, people say that was a very fun spin on, I don't want a daughter when daughters dare to have private parts. Um, and shame on them for existing in bodies they didn't ask for. Um, and nobody cares that their sons are creeping on them. But anyway, um, yes, I'm terrified of men and their violence. And I am glad that this person is not having a man. Um, I'm a little lost, but fair enough about the way she arrived there. But let's scare more people into not having men 2021. And I don't want to make this a smear fest of this woman because, again, I don't know her. But let me just say this. If you're going to shit talk someone, have the balls to do it in public mm-hmm. and have the balls to keep up what you've said leading up to it because her timeline was scrubbed clean of everything else she said. You're so, love that. Love that. So I don't care what you're debating or what your position is. If you're going to go after someone, have the balls to stand behind what you say. Shana, your thoughts on Mike Milbury being fired and the, I guess we call it the backlash, coming back to a head on being on our shit list. They can both fuck off. <laughs> like, all right. Um, Mike Milbury was not good at his job. Therefore, Correct. he should not have had his job. And it took him doing something stupid, which he's done in numerous times on the air on national television. It took him getting caught and people finally going, oh, wow. And it just looks so bad. So, I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, he had it coming. But, like, dude, you weren't good at your job for, like, a century and a half. Even when it came to the actual hockey analysis, forget about all the crap surrounding it. So, you know, whatever. And to the woman in your DMs, I hate when women decide to turn on women about feminism. The irony of all of it, it's just a load of bullshit. Like, who who are you helping? I Like, I, like... I'm sorry. Are you, most women who do this too, it's like a lot of it's for the reaction from a man or to be like, oh. like, shut up. Like, honestly, it's so stupid to go off on someone over Mike Milbury of all things. The amount of people who had their way to defend Mike Milbury when we have talked about this at length, general manager, as a player, as a commentator, he was not good at his job in numerous ways. This is not the person to, why would you die on that sword? Like, this is just ridiculous. So You die on a hill. Not You fall on a sword, you die oh, on a hill. Fucker. I'm thinking, like, I and when I said it to you, I'm thinking of, like, flurry with the sword, too. But then I didn't even make, like, a joke because I'm like, oh, it's not coming to me. But I fucked up the saying anyway. So whatever. <laughs> Maybe someone come <laughs> to my DMs and yell at me about that. It's, it's just stupid. Like, save your energy. There's so many things going on right now, especially. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, there's so many things going on that if you just want to be an asshole over fucking Mike Milbury you need to look in the mirror there's something wrong with you so please don't have a son because i i would fear for what he would believe in having you you just sounded like tupac and hit him up when you were like it's like fuck mike milbury as a staff as a label as a motherfucking crew and if you like them fuck you too 
I said I was going to stop. I mean, I didn't say I was going to stop. Kurt. No, that sorry, was Steven. me. Let's, let's start it right here. I'm sorry. Steven, shout Blank, out. There it is. Blanket apology for the season. I'm going to keep fucking cursing. Sarah, what's your entry on the shit list? Um, replacing Mike Milbury with not, not technically, but kind of with Mike Babcock to me. Um, you have an opportunity in front of you to do something different, right? And to, you say all season or when the playoffs were happening that you're committed to change or that I thought we ended racism when they put that on a jumbotron full of zero people um, in an arena full of zero people. But apparently you can't use this to hire somebody who's more than qualified that does and I'm sure Mike Babcock obviously knows what he's talking about. He's supposed to be a smart coach or whatever, but this doesn't bring any new fans in that it's like, it appeals to maybe Detroit and maybe Toronto. And these people are going to watch hockey regardless of who is commentating. So what if somebody knew that might appeal to somebody new? Like, why is that such a difficult concept? And they're both named Mike. Like everybody's named Mike. <laughs> Too many mics. Well, and we still, and we shared the episode again, it still blows my mind that Mike Babcock, who was let go in part for emotionally abusing players, that is not mentioned at all. At all still, it's not a caveat. It's not a reason for or against. It's like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Media, we need of to be course. better. Shana, your thoughts on Mike Babcock? Um, yeah, it, it, it's really incredible that in the national hockey league you can either be bad at your job or do something so bad that gets you fired from your job and then within i it's not, i don't think it's a calendar year it might be more because of you know the break and everything but right. in a season that you can get hired it it's really amazing because we did talk about this when they were speaking mike babcock into existence they mm -hmm. were taking fans temperature in a way mm -hmm. because the more backlash they got it might be you know this isn't worth it but so many teams were talking about hiring Mike Babcock and it was a legitimate conversation that it almost like okayed anyone else to do something. There are more qualified analysts or even if there's not more qualified analysts and they feel that he genuinely is qualified, there are numerous qualified analysts. You don't need to hire someone who didn't, who did something to get himself fired for being a bad person. And I'm not saying you can never get a job again, but you have not done anything and shown anything actionable that shows that you realize what you did was wrong and what you're going to do to be a better human being. And that's what it's all about. Had he done that by all means, because then he actually is a good example to have to people of how you can change and evolve and become a better person. But that clearly isn't the case that we know of. And when NBC was called on it, and I'm mm -hmm. glad that they were in that press conference, um, they, they didn't have an answer or they, you know, they've done their work. They've done their homework. Everyone just goes like, yeah, yeah, we did our work. But you fucking didn't because you still hired him. So unless you're going to tell us that work, I'm going to believe that you don't have any. So it's just a bad decision all around. I will not sleep until they make him rank the best to worst colleagues at NBC. Yep. It's only they fair. Must. They must. Do you see AJ? Didn't AJ respond? <laughs> yeah, she responded <laughs> to my tweet about that. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the it's the best. And oh, shout out to them. They're like the anti shit list, the one anti shit list. They started um, Girls on the Bus. Yes. And it's an amazing podcast. Give it a listen. Yes. Awesome wreck. Awesome wreck. Shayna, what is your entry onto the shit list? 
I think it's got to be the performative bullshit we saw from every team this summer um, when it came to dealing with the Black Lives Matter movement and not following it through with like anything. Um, there are so many opportunities to make a statement and try to do the right thing because there is so much going on on a fucking daily basis. It really, bless, bless you. you, it should not be this hard, but it is apparently. Like, I, I just don't understand. We we saw they made efforts that were huge for hockey and super minor for every other major league ever, but it it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's all in the past. If you can't keep it up and be mm-hmm. consistent with what you're doing and actually give a shit and not just do it. So everyone pats you on the back and says, congrats on doing the right thing for once. That's the thing. And I was con- like considering asking some of the American hurricanes kind of about what happened last week with um, the whole insurrection um, normal shit, but <laughs> I'm like, why can't they, care enough to say it without anybody asking. And like, and I feel like until we're there, until like we have more Curtis Gabriels, like that's the one person in hockey who does that. And he's not, no offense to him, but it's not like he's like a star. Um, and I, once they have a real leader figurehead of the NHL that actually cares and isn't just like doing it to do it, then it's just not going to change. 100%. There's been some ripples. Now, the Washington Capitals have done some stuff, but it's not near enough to Shayna's point. Shayna, I thought you were going to pick your favorite player on your favorite team. It was going to be on your shit list. No, that was going to be my (laughs) next one. All right. Well, then you get to start. Okay, go. All right. Second shit list entry, go. All right, here we go. Tony D'Angelo has left Twitter for parlor because President Donald Trump was suspended from Twitter. So fuck Twitter. He went to Instagram, which also banned Trump. And now he's going to parlor. And if you well, parlor's gone. Well, yeah. And then parlor is gone. Yeah. Like the next day it was announced. So fucking sucks for you. Um, if you're a public figure and you're an athlete, a professional athlete, you should be, I, I know not everybody wants to have to be a role model, but like you really are thrust into it. It's just the way it is. Right. But he does choose to use his platform, but it's to spew things that are absolute and total bullshit. Mm -hmm. And he does it on Twitter and on his podcast. And it's just like, you have to get to a point where someone says like, oh, I'm not going to get into the political stuff anymore. And he can't even Mm -hmm. hold his word to that. And there are things going on that are far too important, important. Like it's, there are things that are racist or misogynistic. There are things about COVID that were just completely wrong as well. And now you're quitting Twitter. I mean, you're doing everyone else a favor, but it's, it's a bad look from, for the team. From a PR standpoint, because this situation has not been handled at all. It was that's yeah. Yeah. Like when he was internally. In, clearly it's done something. so much work. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. say something. He, he was it seemed like he couldn't use his Twitter account for a minute in Hartford. Uh his first year after he was demoted because he was arguing with fans over Twitter. And it seemed like he reined it in after that. And the team stepped in. Since then, and some of this is like they're doing though. They've leaned into things that they shouldn't have. He started a podcast. They leaned into it and were retweeting it and things like that. When, and this was a big one, when all teams were making statements, whether or not they said Black Lives Matter, it was all for the same movement. They were making statements. The Rangers were one of the last teams to do so. I think that they were 30th and Ottawa was 31st. They didn't even retweet their players, including Keandre Miller, who was called a racial slur, and they handled that horribly again but they retweeted tony d'angelo first 
So it's so exhausting and this stuff matters. It matters. Like people want to say that doesn't matter. It matters. Like, I, like, I want to talk about what we're saying here. We're literally saying it's not easy to say that racism isn't okay. Like that's what, the, that's what's the happening. Bars on the floor. We say it all the time. It's on, it's through the fucking floor. You can't say racism is bad. Like I, you need, you have an issue right there. Racism is bad. It's so mm. easy. A five-year-old should be able to fucking say it. Racism mm. is bad. And if you can't, or you promote someone who says things that are racist, you need to handle it. Even if it's as simple as being like, you know what? You can't use Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's bad. Look, because if he had any trade value, he's plummeting it. That's for sure. You should be concerned about it from that. If you can't, from the aspect of him not being able to say, hey, racism is bad. What do you guys think? (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, any more thoughts on Tony D'Angelo? I've said, I think, everything I could possibly say about him. And it's just like, again, like again, it's just embarrassing. Um, very, very embarrassing. And that's it. Sarah, do you have a second shit list entry in our time uh, away that you'd like to share? It's like a shit list draft. Um, I know. <laughs> God. <laughs> what else is there? Um, can we like have some options? I mean, there's so many. I know. I'm like desynthesized to everything happening. Um, we can come back to it if something doesn't yeah. come to mind. We'll come back to it. All right. So. We did our shit list round robin. Mm-hmm. We are here to also talk about hockey, my friends. What's Just that? for fun. We're not going to, everybody's doing predictions. Everyone's doing analysis, this and that and the other thing. We are just going to talk about things that we're looking forward to seeing or things that we have found interesting this season. So we're going to go around the room. Sarah, you are up first. What are you most interested in? for this coming hockey season. It can be good, bad, on ice, off ice, anything. What's the one thing keeping you alive in this time, hockey related? I think it's basically like, we're never gonna get, and we have never gotten such a window or a potential window at least into the thoughts of NHL front offices and head coaches and how, and we're gonna really see how much they matter and how much it's like just talent or roster depth or whatever, because, shit is going to hit the fan multiple times and you don't know when, and it's all about how you react to, I don't know, 10 of your players at a time getting COVID and getting wiped out. And then it's what's next. Like, how do you convince people to keep staying on board and what does the front office do and who's in your organization? I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's going to be in the schedule too, right? Like to manage to have enough bodies with enough energy to play. The schedule is insane to me. Absolutely insane. Shayna, your hockey topic du jour. I want to add on to that because I think it's super interesting, not just how they're going to manage the personnel, but from a tactics standpoint, um, if you're like, if Carolina is playing Columbus numerous times because they're in the same division and Columbus, their penalty kill, which is supposed to be a strength, is just falling apart. They should know they should be able to detect what's going wrong against this certain matchup and they can't afford to not fix it because they're going to have to play them what like seven times Mm -hmm. so every team is going to have to learn to adjust and for some of them it's going to be adjusting on the fly because you're playing back-to-backs or three straight games and even for some it's four games these are things you'd be doing during the playoffs 
but I think you should get better at it during the regular season as well. And it's really going to be interesting to see um, special teams coaches get into this, or maybe it's a shift in defensive pairs. Maybe certain goalie matchups don't work, but it's going to push everyone to handle things very quickly and learn. And then you have that wrinkle of you might be losing players at the same time because of COVID or something else, or, you know, I would think players are more prone to injuries because there was not a preseason and you're just jumping in and now playing games very, very quickly. So I think it's just like a really good test for the players for how they can adjust and especially the coaches, because this is where like, this is where like, I look at a coach and go, are you good or bad? It's, can you adjust and how quickly can you do it? And what do you do to do it? So that's what I'm looking forward to. So mine is actually playing the long game. Um, because we have to capture data now. I'm interested in what happens two, three, five, ten 10 years from now to all the players who impacted by this from a development perspective. Ooh, because the AHL is screwed up. OHL, CHL, all of these leagues are different. There are players not being drafted. There are players flat out not playing. Even players who, I mean, there's been only a few PTOs and they seem to be only have gone to players that teams knew they were probably going to sign anyway. I don't think we're going to see the ripples of impact on the next, next generation is too big of a step, but like the next few iterations of players until a couple of years down the road and what's it going to look like. And I think that we have to be really thoughtful now at how we look at these taxi squads AHL rosters, who falls out of the game completely, who's able to stay in it, that kind of thing. So that's, I think there's going to be a very, very, very significant talent impact three, five, and 10 years down the road, all because of what has happened to schedule and the availability to play at a professional level. Right. And it's so random. Like uh, my boyfriend plays in no, no big deal, the, the SP. And it's like the team that he plays for is canceled and the other ones just aren't. So it's like, well, what, okay. Like see you next year, <laughs> but like right. for some people, they still get to, and that's true for all the leagues and like the ECHL. And I have friends in the coast that are typically AHL players. And it's like, they just went because the AHL hasn't started yet. And it's all just clearly disorganized. I mean, nothing's going to be perfect. That's just the thing. And there's kind of like, Oh God, that was going to sound really, um, stupid the, the, the thing it's I was gonna say beautiful but I'm like I need to not sound like that <laughs> I need to recalibrate it's seeing how resilient people can be and then getting back to the world where they don't have to be as resilient it's mm-hmm. gonna be like I, I'm looking forward to that in life like when we get back to normal somewhat. And like, we still have these lessons, I guess. They're tough lessons to learn right now though. Yeah, no, for sure. There are like, things just look different to me now. Like I have different priorities. Like, like I sit at like, and some of this stuff like that people get riled up about now. I'm like, seriously, like, and God love you, Sarah, your line charts are beautiful. But I'm like, people like (laughs) really were upset that like Joe Smith isn't on the ice five minutes. Like, like you guys, people are dying. Like, it's fine. Like we'll be okay. It's a sport and it's, it's an entertainment and we care about people's livelihood, but like, come on. A sport that we're lucky to even have on right now, because, Mm -hmm. um, not like anyone deserves it. You know, you look at where the country is, things are way worse than when they were, when everything was canceled in the first place. Right. That's the biggest mind fuck that it's things are worse now, but we get things like, that's just, it's hard to reconcile it in your head but again 
we don't have control over it. So let's watch James Van Riemsdyk do a power play goal, nature's healing. And that's what happened just a few minutes ago. What's your little symbol for Aho? Is it a fish? A fish because um, people call him Seppi and then it turned into sea bass and then oh my God. fishy. Yes, that is the his nickname. So he doesn't really like fishy though. So I feel kind of bad about it, but I know he's not reading my fucking line charts. So you don't know. Do- yeah, he could be. <laughs> I mean, he could be following you on Instagram, Sarah. You don't know. <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> I'm the list. <laughs> Any other hockey takes, good or bad, Sarah, that you have that you're looking forward to to watching or following this season? Um, I mean, I feel like a bunch of crazy stuff is just going to happen in general. Like my mind is telling me that the Red Wings are going to be good for some reason, just because nothing is going to make sense. So you just I'm have like, Svetch well, bias. I know. Oh, I just wish that the Hurricanes claimed Evgeny, but that's just would have been really stupid. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I do want to see them and I want to see um, Andre's game progress this year. I feel like he's going to grow as a passer and like that's going to be the next thing. I don't know. Shayna, any other storylines you're excited about besides the Rangers defense? Um. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I know we all focused on like how teams are going to manage the flat cap. And a lot of the focus was on Tampa who didn't end up needing anyone's help anyway, because this is the NHL and they, you know, teams should have pressured them and it didn't happen. The team I feel like we're not focusing on with the cap story is the Islanders enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, really interested to see what they do because when Lula Morello came in, we can all say it, they needed help. And I get the allure of having someone who's won and is experienced and all these things. But like, I, I've been my best friend's an Islander fan and I constantly am talking shit about him like Lula Morello is not that good of a general manager so like enjoy it while you can he brought in trots trots handled the rest but from everything else there's there's a couple contracts that are fine but you just look at so many things that you're like that's what you did and then you hear you know Barzell wasn't even signed and Matt Martin you have a four-year contract agreed to when you have a flat cap and you have no idea what's going to happen in a minute but like okay sure and Devin Taves was traded for two second round picks so I, I'm, I don't think that they're a better team and I'm really curious what happens because they were a team I feel like should have taken a step forward. And I want to see what they do to navigate the cap because they're going to be really close to it like the entire year. I think it's going to yeah. be interesting to watch. Again, here's me with my like five years from now and we could all be dead. Who's to say? But <laughs> like what's like all these contracts are backloaded right now because mm-hmm. of the cap and I get it. But like this shit could hit the fan in three years. And like what if the some TV of these numbers not, TV deals, not good because exactly. let's face it, there's a very good reason to believe it won't be. Exactly. And that's why they had to play. I love when Gary's like, we're doing it because the fans deserve the heartwarming can, return to can hockey. Can that go on the shit list? Can yes. we slam that? Because yeah. that is a fucking insult to the people who work in these arenas who most yeah. owners fucked over, you yeah. know, when they have billions of dollars and we'll be like, Oh, it's not liquid assets. Or that mm-hmm. was like one thing I was hearing. And then like, you know, other people are like, you know, you can't spend money and stay rich. Like you have billions of dollars and you're paying mm-hmm. people peanuts. You open the league mm-hmm. up because you are greedy and you wanted your team to put your teams to play. And it would have hurt the NHL to not get, you know, not be playing when every other major league is. And it would have fucked over more arena workers than you already have. So please fuck <laughs> off with that. Like it's just insulting. Literally. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Any other hot button hockey topics we want to talk about that we say are on our radar? We'll get into teams as the season goes on. We'll do it, but we don't need to again. Oh, 
One thing, five defensemen for Vegas. What are your thoughts? Because I know that's something that like positionless hockey or something. What's your take? Come on. Well, it all now, and I will admit, I have not been paying as much attention to Vegas as I probably should, but whatever, like I just, whatever's in front of me is what's happening. It all depends how they're deployed, right? It goes back to your point about coaching. Like I'm here for positionless hockey and I'm here for putting the best players on the ice, regardless of their position, because I think they can be impactful wherever they are. But if they're not deployed, if this is, if this is simply going 5d and that means they play like 5d as 5d and 13 forwards as 13 forwards, we've, we've accomplished nothing. So yep. the coaching has to evolve with it too. So that's, that will be mm-hmm. interesting to see. That will be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I just want to see more Rovers. I'm like, you All know, people are complaining about fatigue, like NWHL manages with nine forwards, I think it is in 70 or something. So like if they can do it, I get it. The season's not as long, but if they can do it, you can definitely figure something out. Yep. Yep. Any other hockey takes my friends? Ooh, I'm excited that there's only 56 games. I've been, oh, yes. It's like when you go to a genie and wish for something and then they give you like, they give it to you, but in a very messed up way. Like, yep. right. I think I caused the pandemic by asking <laughs> for years for precisely 56 games and I got it. So congrats to me. Shout out to me. But I, it's, we're going to see better hockey, but we're going to see more injuries and yeah. we're in a yeah. pandemic. So yeah. take your pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe this will influence them though. If they see like the quality is so much better, maybe they'll be like, you know what? 82 is a lot, but they probably won't Mm -hmm. agree. Right. You wonder what changes are going to be permanent too. And um, I was talking to Rod Brindamore about kind of the no preseason. And he said he hated the preseason. Like obviously the older you get, you didn't like it. And like, he was obviously ready to go, but now like his brand of hockey of training has been so permeated. Like he started that, I feel like, and then now it's the norm. And he said he thinks it might be here to stay and that he thinks some players that like used to love the preseason might be surprised that they enjoy this. Who are those people who lo- I don't know any player who loves the preseason. I thought so too. Jacob Slavin loves it. Makes sense. He's perfect. Um, <laughs> the younger guy, like now the guys that take themselves seriously, which isn't a bad thing, but it's like right. loosen up a little bit. Uh, like Aho, I'm sure. I know Tavo Terrenan doesn't like the preseason. <laughs> I can see like younger players, some of them liking the idea that they have a shot to make the team. And that's why like yeah. this year, that's right. Yeah. Like at least this year though, like with the AHL not starting, there is a little mm-hmm. bit more pressure on teams to give it a shot with some younger players. Like would Kendra Miller have made the Rangers? I think he would have earned a spot, but do I think, he would have really played. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Because do you want him sitting around for two weeks or do you want to give him a shot to play? Like hopefully this kind of pushes teams to be a little bit more willing to give those younger players a shot sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Last call for hockey takes. Anything else? Big themes, big ideas, big questions. No. I just hope everybody has fun and there it is. Safe. <laughs> All right. Well, we could not do an episode of too many men without at least a couple rounds of fuck, Mary kill. And this time friends, I'm excited to tell you that the options for fuck, Mary kill are the same. It's just that the subject matter is different. You ready, Sarah? You adjusted. Ready? Good to go? Yes, yes, yes. I'm ready. All right, Sarah, you're going to go first. Waiting for the shoes to get thrown at me from Mike Milbury. (laughs) All right, Sarah, you're up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here is your category for Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. Fuck, Mary Kill 
Mike Milbury as an analyst, a coach, or an unemployed man? Wait, Mike, back, back, back. Milbury first. No, okay, we're doing this again. Okay, yeah. I am going to marry him as an analyst because he. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to switch it up and he had your career take off with your gift and he made things interesting. Let's say that there was never a dull moment in this marriage. I'm going to kill him as a coach because he was a terrible coach and violent and I'm going to fuck him as an unemployed man. Um, I, I enjoy that the most. I don't know. Shayna, go. Um, I will marry him as an unemployed man. And while I don't root for people to lose their jobs, he has had a lot of jobs for a very long time that a He's lot sad. of people would be very lucky to have. And he is not one of them anymore. And he doesn't deserve to be. So sorry, but I'm really not. I will. I will fuck him as a coach just because I mean, OK, the thing is, if he was a coach, now he would probably get rehired a million times because we know how this works but i guess from like a journalistic standpoint would it be interesting to cover that and shred him and have content sure but and, and then i will kill him as an analyst because he these are people that should be listening to hockey and wanting to be involved in hockey and when you hear that and hear the shit that he constantly was saying it it turns people off rightfully so like this is not what it should be on a national broadcast and there should be a ton more people who are, you know, who are getting these opportunities. And I'd rather hear AJ Malesko do color commentary on 82 games and listen to Mike Milbury do one. And uh, I, I just don't think it's right that these outdated opinions are getting a, a fucking megaphone for a national yeah, broadcast. That's mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm, I was going to try and be different, but I don't know if I can. I'm right, It's too easy. It's too easy. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck him as an analyst just because you never know what you're going to get. And you're at least going to get a reaction. Um, <laughs> and it certainly had some memorable moments. Um, I'm going to marry him as an unemployed man, obviously. And I will kill him as a coach because honestly, as much as we're all kind of joking about this, even though it's a very serious subject, like the only way hockey culture is going to change is if the leadership changes and if the mindset yeah. changes from the top. And so that means coaches. So there you Absolutely. go. All right. Next round, same categories, different individuals. Shana, you get to go first this time. Okay. Mike Babcock. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill as an analyst, a coach or an unemployed man. Go. Okay. I am going to... I'm going to fuck him as a coach. I, I like what you said. Uh, um, actually. Mm. <laughs> Too many good options here. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to kill him as an unemployed man because I don't think that's going to, I think that if he's just unemployed, there's no reason for him to change his ways because we know how a lot of people are motivated. Why do something unless there's an actual benefit for them? And that would be a job. Um, I think that Mike Babcock could be an okay coach again if he made right on everything he fucked up on. And I think that it shows an example. If he's just fired and nothing happens, does it give coaches an example to not do it? Maybe, but I think it shows better. Um, it shows better. It looks better if 
he made changes and really progressed and that would inspire others to do the same because then they could go, well, that's what I need to do. Not just that you'll get fired yeah. and you sit around doing nothing. It should show people that you can do something and become something else. And I sound like a two-year-old, but I have no brain cells left. So don't judge me. So I will kill him as an unemployed man. I will fuck him as a coach because if he does make the right changes, and I don't think he deserves to be a coach unless he makes the right changes, that's that's who's molding young minds. And hockey culture is so fucked up. So if someone can come in there and go, I did X, Y, Z wrong, and this is why you should never do it, and this is what you should be doing, that would be great for hockey culture. But if it doesn't happen, you can always stop fucking them and you're not chained to them. And then I will marry him as an analyst because when you're a coach, you have a, you have a platform that's your players and your teams. When you're an analyst, you have a platform that is the national audience. You can do a lot of good with that if you make the correct and right changes. And it all comes down to it. And if not, there's something called divorce. So, you know, he there's there's really like I don't want to look at it that we're just going we're canceling because canceling doesn't matter if you can't become something after that or figure out what you did wrong and see why Mm -hmm. it is wrong and what is the right thing. And as a national analyst, you really do have a bigger platform to fans, to other coaches, to other players past your small bubble of your team. So I'm going to try to be optimistic with that as tempting as it is to just say, I'll marry him as an unemployed man, because right now I don't think he deserves to be one. Shana will, our contract expert Shana will always find the out clauses in every single (laughs) relationship. Sarah, Mike Babcock, fuck, Mary kill coach analyst, unemployed man. Go. I'm going to kill him as a coach because that's, it just seems like the worst possible job for someone like him, right? Like the way that he is, he has, he serves a purpose. His brain is good, but it's like, or I'm not going to say good, it's smart, but like, it's not for molding young minds or changing anything or clearly um, winning anything after 2008. So I'm just going to kill that I'm gonna marry him as an analyst because I think he's actually smart like I I don't like that like it happened without an apology but I mean he's smart he could bring analysis to the table and he's like analysis isn't sentient analysis isn't gonna be um hazed so we're gonna see something of value I guess but like it just and it was on NBC not him to make him apologize that's the thing. Like all these people are enabling him. And I guess it's just like, he's not going to not take the job. And then I'm going to fuck him as an unemployed guy because I like Vermont. And he spent like a few weeks there being an assistant coach or whatever. And it's like, what was that? Like his rumspringa? Like, I don't even understand. All right. I am going to marry him as an analyst because to Shana's point, I do think if I was married to him, I could have these conversations with him and try and evolve what's happening. Um, so I will marry him. Or no, no, no. You know what? Because of that reason, I'll marry him as a coach. I'll marry him as a coach to try and talk to him about changing his approach as a coach, just and also to be different. Um, I will. Hmm. I like Vermont too. I will fuck him as an unemployed man, and I will kill him as an analyst because I think the message, as everyone here has said, that there's no repercussions, no ask to say, have you addressed past problems so that you can move forward um, is most disconcerting of all to me. All right, my friends, that is our episode 
of Too Many Men. Anything we missed, anything we still need to share with our friends, our listeners? Mm, no, it's going to hopefully not be a horrible season. So like, we're just going to do our best <laughs> to make it, you know, have some fun along the way because it's hard to have fun right now. The bar is truly on the floor and it's all about the friends we're making along the way. Hopefully we gain a few new ones this season. Uh, we wanted to start out not doing the same thing everybody else was doing and just have a fun little we're back because sometimes it's the first step and then we're going to get rolling. So happy to be back. Awesome. Well, friends, we are happy to be back. As Sarah said, we have missed you. Um, we're so happy to be connecting again. Um, you can connect with us in other ways. You can find us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. You can find our merch. The link is in all of our podcast tweets, as well as in our bio uh, leggings, fanny packs, all kinds of fun stuff. Let us know if there's more gear you want to see. Winter is here. You might want a hoodie, a sweatshirt. They're beautiful. Um, joggers. We have joggers jog now. We have joggers now. See, it's very exciting. So check those out. Um, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Send in those Fuck, Mary Kill nominations. And unless we have anything else to say, my friends, we will see you next time. Be good to one another. Bye. Bye, I love you.